I'm about to start class, and I notice one of my students, let's call her Tiffany, monkeying with something under her desk. I discover Tiffany is texting another girl in the class who shall remain nameless. As I confiscate her phone and look at the screen, it only has one word on it, FISH in capital letters. I hold the phone up to the class and say, who of you know what this text from Tiffany means? Matt in the back raises his hand. He's a real class clown. He says, Mr. Nelson, I know what that text means. It's an acronym. Tiffany's texting her friend. Fred is so hot. The class busts up and Tiffany turns several shades of red. Down in the front, Sarah, who's much more appropriate, raises her hand. She says, Mr. Nelson, if it is an acronym, it's not what Matt thinks. She continues, in ancient times, because of the oppression of the Romans, Christians would identify one another with the fish symbol. The Greek word for fish is ichthus, which they turned into an acronym. Five Greek words, Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. What Tiffany's trying to tell her friend is, we're sisters in Jesus. Most of the class roll their eyes and some groan. Tyson, in the middle of the class, speaks up. Mr. Nelson, I know what it means. I bet if you go back and look at the text she just received from her friend, it will say something like, what do you have for a snack today? And all Tiffany had time to text back was fish. If we go to her locker, I bet we'll find goldfish crackers. After that word picture, I ask my students, who knows what Tiffany's text means? My students pause for a moment and hardly any of them ever get it wrong. The correct answer? Tiffany does. What I'm about to suggest to you might be the most important thing I've said so far, and may possibly be one of the most important things I'll say going forward to students of the Bible. Who decides what any text in the Bible means? The one who wrote it. If there's an average of 10 words per verse in the Bible, remember, the Bible doesn't contain verse breakdowns, there are about 88,000 individual thoughts or texts from writers carried along by the Holy Spirit. Who decides what any of those 88,000 texts means? Answer, the writer. But you say, duh, you didn't need to waste my time telling me that. Well, maybe I did. Have you ever been in a group of students studying the Bible and someone says, what this passage means to me is... Or maybe you're not into the Bible. Have you ever been in an art museum where somebody stands back examining a piece of art and says, you know, what this piece of art is saying to me is, you better hope the artist isn't standing there with a hammer or a paintbrush in his hand, because you're likely to get whacked. People who study words and what they mean say there really are only three places meaning can come from. It can come from the writer, it can come from the reader, or it can come from the text itself. Now, I'm not going to get into that last one right now. To me, it's kind of odd, but it's very common in modern literature that the art or the text itself determines what it means. I want to stick to the first one, the one who wrote it, and the second one, the one who reads it. If you want to be a serious student of the Bible, it's critically important that you nail down this truth. The one who wrote each text determines what it means. You say, but wait, these texts are several thousand years old. How on earth are we going to discover what the writer of that text meant? I have good news for you. 
we have meaningful tools. I want to give you just four of them. First, master the whole message. If you understand the meta story, the big picture, it's much easier to determine how the writer's text fits into it. Number two, understand the immediate context. What's happened just before and just after this text? Someone has said a text in scripture without a context becomes a pretext or a proof text. That's not a good thing. The third tool is to use a few basic Bible study tools. I'd suggest three tools in your toolbox, whether you have a printed copy or you use your phone or computer to access these online. The first is a good study Bible. The second, a Bible concordance that shows you where certain words and phrases are used in other places in Scripture. And third, a good Bible dictionary to explain what those words and terms meant at the time the writer wrote them. And the fourth meaningful tool is this, pray for insight. That's going to make a whole lot more sense in our next word picture. But some of you may be thinking, I just want to read my Bible and get a blessing out of it. Now you're making it sound like hard work. It is hard work. That's why it's called Bible study. But deciding what a passage means, any passage, by what you think it means to you, is just fishing. So are there any other things that make it difficult for us to understand what a passage, any passage, in the Bible means? Yes, there are. And I'll address at least one of those factors that make understanding the meaning of a passage difficult in our next word picture.